Welcome to More Than a Budget, a podcast presented by Relational Media. Co-founders Jeff Fine Thomas, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and John Mitchell, a certified financial planner, combine the fields of psychology and personal finance to help couples improve their relationships and discover what is more important than money. Hi, I'm Jeff. And I'm John. And today we're going to be talking about being stuck. The kind of stuck that says, I know what I should do. Uh, I just can't seem to bring myself to do it. And I keep making the same mistake over and over. And I don't feel very good about it. (laughs) It's always frustrating. (laughs) And if you think you're alone, you're not. Um, We all have little places of this um, in our our life in one way or the other. Um, But when it's financial and it's significant, it can cause some stress in a relationship. Um, Jeff and I have been communicating together, talking together, being friends together for, I don't know, 15 years. Probably more than that. Yeah. Um, when we first met, we were kind of talking about, um, what makes people tick. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we both have this experience in life where, you know, whether it's with our kids or others, we give advice and it doesn't always get people, doesn't help people move forward. And um, that was one of the things, one of the big moments um, when it, I really started changing the way that I thought about communicating to my clients and trying to help them problem solve. It wasn't just about saving enough or investing enough. It was, hey, there's something big going on in my life and, and I need to make some progress on it. And I haven't been able to up to this point. So, you know, financially we find people that um, can't seem to live within their means even if they get a raise, they seem to always be picking up a little bit of debt. Um, we find people that um, just can't seem to get out of credit card debt. Um, we find people who um, can't say no to themselves when they see something shiny mm-hmm. um, and you know just feel like that's they feel compelled um, to make those kinds of um, decisions. And, and even when you have some sort of buyer's remorse or remorse in general and you go, man, I don't ever want to do that again, that actually caused more pain than it was worth, we find ourselves um, at some point in time in the future repeating that same process. So I thought we might spend a little bit of time today kind of talking about what's going on in that and, and, and kind of how we all share that as a common experience and some ways that maybe we can um, help people think about moving forward for real. You know, I think it's a really common phenomenon to have problems in our lives that we approach the same way every time, like you're saying, and and come up short. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we all want to, we, we believe we understand the solution and we want to try the thing we believe will work, even though we have the information that says that it won't work. So we kind of repeat um our problem-solving efforts. You know, a sort of simple example of this is, have you ever had an argument with your partner where you're fed up that they just won't take the trash out? You've told them 10,000 times, just take the trash out. The bin is right there. You just walk it from here to over there. And they say, oh, I'm so sorry. And of course, I'll do it better next time. And then they never do. If you've had a repetitive argument like that, mm-hmm. I mean, there are all kinds of subjects, right? It's not, right. I'm just giving like a sure. relatively benign one. 
But if you had an argument like that, you know exactly the phenomenon we're pointing at. It's so frustrating to go around and around and around. But because these kinds of arguments are common, um, you know, we sometimes try to figure out how to work around them. And hopefully in a good relationship, you figure out how to do that. But I want to talk about the thing that's going on in a situation where there's a repetition of problem solving that fails repeatedly. If you're in a situation, yourself or your partner's in a situation, where you're not able to figure out why your conversation about taking the trash out (laughs) isn't working, then I think there's some things to be thinking about. Mm -hmm. First of all, Yes, it's about the trash, and the trash needs to go out. But there's also something else happening there. There's a story behind this. There's some reason or a set of reasons that are um, impacting that moment. It doesn't seem like, especially in a trash example, it doesn't seem like there would be. It's a simple task, right? You Mm -hmm. just take the trash out. How hard is that? But the truth is there's probably something going on. And it's on a deeper level, probably an emotional level. Mm -hmm. So I think one of the things that we need to be thinking about is, you know, it's possible that we're not understanding the argument that we're having. Now, wait a second. Are you saying that the, the person who is saying, hey, take the trash out, is not understanding the argument? Or are you saying that the person who's being told, take the trash out, is not understanding the argument? Yes, and I think asked it that way. I'm right. I appreciate that. Yeah. The truth is that relationships have interlocking features, right? We all know this intuitively. There are certain things that I'm good at that my wife might not be good at. Certain things she's good at that I might not be good at, or not even good at or bad at. It's just mm-hmm. sort of like the things I pay attention to are not necessarily the same th- same things she pays attention to, and so on. We have different personalities. Mm-hmm. And we have different maybe ways. I like smelly trash. Yeah, maybe you do. <laughs> maybe you do, and good for you. <laughs> I actually don't. But um, I think the idea here is that both people are participating. Mm-hmm. There's a dance you're doing together, mm-hmm. and you each have a role in that dance, mm-hmm. and you're participating in your side of that dance. So it's important that both of you understand what's beneath that participation. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, and I'm sure it could be a million things, and, and we probably couldn't cover all the million things, but could you give us some examples? Yeah. Let's let's start with a like a like a really basic one. Let's say that, you know, you, you were two years old and you were bit by a dog because you were holding an ice cream cone. I love those little reels with I, I love bulldogs. And because I used to have a few. So the the nice thing about reels and bulldogs is that I don't have to own the bulldog to see the funny behavior. So I I remember recently seeing one where this bulldog was lunging to get food out of, you know, kid's hand because he just thought, well, that's my food, right? And this is all about fun. But of course, the kid didn't think that was so fun, right? You're two years old, you're holding an ice cream cone and some dog lunges to get your ice cream cone. You know, that's all kinds of sad. But maybe that dog bites 
your hand in the process. Mm -hmm. Not serious, just, you know, it's a thing that scares you as a two-year-old. What happens when you're 20 years older and your partner says, I really want to get a dog? And intellectually, you think, yeah, a dog would be great. Mm -hmm. But emotionally, you're thinking, yeah, I'm not sure about that. Mm -hmm. I'm not really sure I like dog. I'm not not a dog person. Mm -hmm. But let's also say you have no memory of that event as a two-year-old. You're not even aware Mm -hmm. that the lesson you learned is, I don't like the furry thing that's taking my food and biting my hand. Can I just say that that makes life seem pretty hopeless? Well, tell me why. Well, I mean that there's theoretically or potentially all of these previous events. I mean, how many previous events have you had in your life? I mean, hundred million, right? You know? Sure. And they all have maybe different meanings, and yeah. and you know, I'm I'm going to say this a little with a little bit of rhetoric. You know, are you saying that I have to understand all of these events in order <laughs> to be able to function as a as a normal human being? You, there's no way to understand all of them, but I do think that it's important for us to understand key moments in our lives where important lessons were learned and i'm not just are you also saying that that we know that those would be key moments because they're creating ripple effects yeah you kind of you learn about them because some you're doing something like in the example i'm giving you're saying you're putting the brakes on the getting the dog with your partner Mm -hmm. you don't really know why so you're seeing the effect of it right right intellectually you know yeah it would be nice to have a dog and my partner would really like to have a dog and I should do what they would really like. But I kind of secretly hate dogs, you know, and that's that little part. I secretly hate dogs Uh is like the clue that tells us something's there. Right. And something that we need to explore. Mm -hmm. You're, you're pointing out a phenomenon that I completely understand. Like if we're determined by everything that's happened in our past, then what hope do we have in our future? We're just robots we're not going to be able to make any choices moving mm-hmm. forward. All of the bad things that have ever, or good things that have ever happened to us in our life are making our life unfold in a particular way. But the purpose of knowing what has happened to us, especially the big things that we learned from, is to be able to choose whether or not we want to go down the path of hating dogs or going down the path of learning to love dogs. And, and I would point out again, this isn't just about dogs and trash. Right. We're talking about things that people literally get divorced over. We're talking yes. about things that people literally go bankrupt over. Yes. We're talking about things that um, that are in, in your life that could theoretically cause the breakup of your family because you don't know how to move forward on them and your partner doesn't know how to move forward if you can't. That's right. And by far, perhaps the most important, you know, we're giving examples, but by far... The most important thing is the way we learn how to relate. Mm -hmm. You know, we learn how to relate in the social environments that we grow up in. And so um, even, you know, how our parents relate to us, how our siblings, our, you know, our extended family, our friends, and so on, the kinds of lessons we learn about relating um, going forward in our lives, they impact how we think and feel about our current relationship with our partner. Mm -hmm. And it's important to know how we've been impacted historically so that we can make conscious decisions about what it is that we want to make our relationship like now. Right. We don't want to be subject to the things that happened to us in the past. 
We want to try and understand them in order to make good decisions now. So let's talk about what, if you're wanting to go through a process of trying to explore what we're describing, what would that look like? What kinds of things should we be paying attention to? And I think one of the first things I would suggest is, you know, if you're having an issue with your partner now, taking out the trash issue or, you know, hate the dog issue or whatever, um, try to ask the question, when was the first time that I recall something like this occurring in my life? Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to, like if you're, if you're thinking about like a trash situation, right? It doesn't have to be like, when was the first time I took out the trash? It has to be something like, when is the first time I felt this way? Mm -hmm. Because it may not have been related to trash, right? right? How did, how does it make you feel when you are resisting taking the trash out or persisting in trying to get your partner to take the trash out? Was there a moment in your life or a bunch of moments in your life when you felt the same exact way. Mm -hmm. So ask that question. When did I first feel like this? And then I think it's really important to ask what happened in that circumstance? Who was involved? What did you feel? What was the outcome or what was the lesson you learned? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we're learning. I've said this before. We're learning machines, right? We're constantly learning. And when we get through situations that are really joyful or pleasant or happy, we learn something from that. And when we go through situations that are painful or difficult or problematic in some way, we learn something from that. And often we learn in the context of our relationships. We learn not something just about the circumstance, but how to relate, Mm -hmm. how people related with us when we were going through that circumstance and so on. So pay attention to the lessons that you learned. Start to speak them because most of the time these lessons are learned and they're just in the back of our head, right? We're not, we're not thinking about them all day long. We're not having to pull them up. They're just in the back of our head and they just sort of pop out in our Mm decision-making and without us being super aware of it, right? It's called, it's sort of like an unconscious process. We Mm -hmm. just, we just find ourselves doing things. So I think the next thing I would consider would be, Try to figure out how to connect the dots. If I feel this way at this moment and I felt that same way or something similar at some other moment, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. I'm not saying you should know the answer to what that means. I'm saying you need to ask the question. It's the exploration that makes it meaningful. So you don't have to know all the answers. And also, just by the way, Having this kind of conversation with your partner is very important because it's conveying an openness and vulnerability that allows the two of you to stay more deeply connected, more mm-hmm. intimate together, emotionally intimate. Often these kinds of conversations are emotionally loaded. Well, I can see, you know, this is like, um, this is my file. The reason I, you know, whether we're talking about dogs or trash or, or, or something much more emotionally potent. Yeah. Um, I could see these as things that are like, I'm sorry, these are things that I keep in my file that's locked in my safe. Yeah. I share everything with you except for the things that I keep in this file inside my safe. Yes. And in fact, I don't even really know what's in the file inside my safe 
but I know what it feels like to know that something's inside the file, inside my safe. And I would very much like to keep it in the safe and yeah. ignore it, right? And, and it, we would all just be better if we just don't go anywhere near the safe. Yeah. <laughs> and it, you know, I love that example because it's an example of something called car- compartmentalization, mm-hmm. which we all do. Mm-hmm. We all find a way to stick something in the back corner of our mind. Right. Right. In order to figure out, like, I don't want to have those feelings, so I'm going to set them back there and ignore them. Right. And it's almost like, and and by the way, you're the problem because you keep telling me to go to the safe and pull out the file. Right. Stop so, making me feel uncomfortable. Right. No, I just want you to take out the trash or pet the right, dog. Exactly. Or whatever the other thing exactly. is. Exactly. So, you know, I, I think what we're talking about is this idea that these things that give us the creepy crawlies or the heebie-jeebies or the, that makes me mad even, you know, these unexpected, unwelcome tensions, right? They are things that are resolvable. They are things that you don't have to keep doing the same thing over and over, but you can't just keep doing the same thing over and over and expect it to change. You're going to have to do something different. Right. And you're going to have to identify it. Yeah. If you, if you want this to change, you're going to need to understand how you thought and felt about certain parts of your history that impact this present. And you have to make a kind of conscious decision. Do I want this impact to make the determination about whether I buy a dog? And a huge uh, spoiler here is your spouse probably has some of these things too. We all so, have them. Right? Yeah, I'm, right. yeah. So why don't we share a couple of these together? You know, why don't we say, hey, look, you know, we both have a few things that are kind of yeah. off limits. Um, what if we decided that we were going to, you know, share these together? And by being open, we create more connection. Yeah. So don't give up. Don't believe it's a lost clo- lost cause. Don't resign yourself to this is just who I am. Be curious yeah. with your partner. Right. Um, Maybe take the trash out together. Yeah. I don't know. Sure. Um, do something, but um, try something different and, and stay curious about it. And if you can't figure it out, that's okay. You can go to therapy. It's okay. And someone who knows how to help with this sort of thing can help you. All right. Thanks for helping us get unstuck, Jeff. Sure. See you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave us a like, comment, or review. And tell your friends. New episodes drop weekly. Learn more about Jeff and John at relational-media.com. 